Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Podcast from the Canon SB Nation's blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm your host PD, uh, and we're back after a Thanksgiving break. Uh, I'm joined by Dale Bloom, who is normally our correspondent in Nashville, where the Jackets are playing on Tuesday night. But Dale, last week you were back in the fair state of Ohio. You actually got to attend a game. When had been the last time that you were at a game at Nationwide? So the last time I saw a game was in 2017. And wow. it was actually a preseason game to begin that season. And I believe that they played the Predators in that game. But um, that was a long time ago. I guess, you know, over four years ago at this point. Yeah, that's crazy. So uh, what were your thoughts about being back in the old barn? Yeah, it was fantastic. You know, we moved to Nashville a few years ago, and we had a chance pre-pandemic to go see the Jackets here in Nashville when they played the Preds. And that was fun and wonderful, and my son enjoyed that. But Uh, And watching it on TV is one thing, but being there in Nationwide Arena is a completely different thing. Um, It was great. My son, uh, it was his first regular season game in in Columbus, and um, he just had a blast. We had a blast. Um, it It was great to see the Jackets win. You know, I'll be completely honest with you, PD. Usually when I go to games, the Jackets lose. (laughs) <laughs> I would I would have to say, and I'm I, I don't believe I'm exaggerating here, my win percentage in nationwide is probably twenty percent. Uh, it's yeah. that bad. <laughs> um so it was great to see them. They got a three to three to nothing win over the Jets that night. Yeah, so that was uh Elvis Merzlikin's first shutout of the season. Now I didn't get a chance to see the game. Was was he tested much or did the defense actually step up? He was really solid as far as stopping what he needed to stop. Obviously, he didn't let anything through. His lateral movements were quick, and he controlled the rebounds. Um, He cleaned up really well in the crease. Um, He didn't make any flashy saves. And whether that's contributed to um, just the low quality of shots, which if you look at the stats for the game, it did kind of seem like the Jets got a lot of low quality shots in. But, you know, a lot of them, we got him away with the pads. Um, even the lateral movements left to right looked really good. He didn't make any show-stopping saves, but um, he did everything he needed to do to get that shutout. Of course, the Jackets are wearing their alternates again, um, and I had I had seen them in person the week before against Detroit, so I got to see Elvis with his special alternate pads. What did you think about seeing those in person? 
I say that they're better in person. They're fabulous. I love them. I'm a big fan. He's two and zero. So you know, what, what can we complain about? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I, I do agree they look better in person. I still wish that there was more of the dark blue on them because the kind of baby blue on them doesn't quite match with the rest of the uniform. So I think it could be better, but I do still like the look. I do like having special pads for the alternate uniforms. So, and yeah, you, you can't argue with the success there. Also I've known that game is that there was a tribute video for the returning jackets, Pierre-Luc Dubois, of course, but then also Riley Nash. I thought that was interesting that they threw Nash in there to maybe soften what the reaction would have been if it was just Dubois. It didn't work. I can tell you that right now. So the fans booed all throughout the video. Um, and, you know, they were in, they intermixed Nash and, and Dubois in the video. So there was no helping booing Nash in those vid- in that video. But when they cut away and went to the bench, they first went to Dubois. And the boos in there were just as loud as they were when, when Rick Nash fought, fought Matt Calvert that night. And then they quickly panned over to Nash. And it was just a, a 180. The crowd started cheering. Nash had a big smile on his face. You could tell he was looking at Dubois down down on the bench and chirping him. Um, it was really funny. I personally did not, not boo Dubois. I'm not a big fan of that, but the fans sure seemed to the rest of the fans there sure seemed to have a lot of fun with it. Yeah, I'm I'm not one to necessarily boo in that situation, but I also don't really have a problem with the fans that do boo in that situation. Um, especially considering the circumstances around his departure. Now, in contrast, uh, Artemi Panarin, for example, I was at his comeback game, and I cheered when they did the tribute video. And honestly, most of the fans did cheer for that. There were a few random boos here or there, but the majority of the crowd was cheering Panarin for that. Um, Now, he then scored a goal later in that game, and then the whole place booed him. Which I think is fine. When the player is actively doing something against the jackets, like I think the boos are warranted in that in that case. Um, you know, and I also feel as much as Dubois was great here and contributed a lot to this team, uh, you know, I don't like the way that he, you know, worked his way out of town. You know, it's one thing if he if he didn't want to stay, if he wanted to sign elsewhere, that's fine. But then to mope the way he did in that Tampa game that earned that benching. I, I just, I, I still have an issue with that. And, you know, he's a grown man at this point. I think he can take it. I've kind of moved on from him at this point. Um, I don't like to give it too much more thought. You know, the Jackets have moved on. They're on a new path. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, honestly, I'm, he's having a great season with Winnipeg this year, and I don't have a problem with that. Like, I don't, I'm trying not to hold a grudge against him for any future success. Um, you know, I just don't want to see him have any success the few times a year that he does have to play Columbus. Yeah, and you always have to be careful. I feel like whenever the fans boo our Timmy Panarin, he just feeds off of that. Oh, yeah. Um, so there's always guys that, that seem to play better in those situations. Dubois didn't really stand out too much in that game. Um, he had a, a two-on-one opportunity and that Elvis stuffed him on. Um, and he was noticeable as far as carrying the puck in the zone. But as far as getting scoring chances, he, he didn't really seem that dangerous. But, you know... Winnipeg is in an interesting spot right now because they are are performing below expectations, um, just like some other teams um, have been. You know, your Phillies and your um, you certainly your Chicago and your mm-hmm. Islanders. 
Um, so it's, it's they're still a good team. It was nice to see the Jackets knock them off. Um, I will say I wanted to, to, to give a shout out to the Blue Jackets um, in-game arena team. So on that, missy, uh, that missed high stick call late in the game, um, I can't remember, was it Bean? I, I can't remember off the top of my head now who got whacked in the mouth at the end of that game. But um, the fans were booing. Shout out to the Blue Jackets because they showed the blood on the ice. They zoomed in on it on the video <laughs> board and showed it for a good 90 seconds in the arena. And that place went nuts. <laughs> um, it was a fun game to be at. And, you know, I, I hope that I can can make it up there again um, this season to to see another game. Yeah, absolutely. I was able to attend, as I said, the Detroit game, which was one of the more fun regular season games I've attended in a while. Um, I mean, I was at the opening night game. That was pretty fun, too. But the Red Wings game was different because these are two teams of actual similar quality. And I think at a similar point in their trajectory, you know, as rebuilding teams, but getting better, giving young guys chances. I liked the way that the Blue Jackets battled back in the game. Um, now, I do think it was a game that they, the Jackets played better. They controlled play most of the time, especially the second period. They were on fire in the second period. Being down to nothing was very much a fluke. But, you know, I think the Red Wings at this point are a team that they're still not a great team, but they're no longer a joke of a team. They have enough talent that if you make a mistake, they can make you pay for it. And I think that's what happened early in the game. But, you know, the Jackets didn't quit. They kept playing their game. And I think they knew that if they kept playing well, that they eventually the goals were going to go in for them. And that's what happened in the second and third period. Uh, Chinikov got his first NHL goal. That happened right in front of me, my end of the ice. It was so cool to see that in person. Uh, my favorite part about that goal is that when they show the slow-mo replays on the video board, you could not see the puck in slow-mo. <laughs> that's how hard of a shot it was. That was so so good for him. It was so great to see the reaction from the teammates, Sillinger tackling them to the ice. Uh, I guess the crowd exploded. Everyone in the crowd understood the significance of that. You know, for him, in terms of it being his first goal, that he'd been trying so hard, getting so many shots, not getting a goal to go in, finally got it in. It tied up the game. Uh, I mean, for the, then from that point on in the game, the barn was rocking. It was that was just a ton of fun. So again, this this Jackets team, man, they. They find a way to stay in games for the most part. You know, there was that Vancouver game on Friday where Vancouver doubled up the Jackets in shots, but the Jackets got a 4-2 win. You know, it's not always pretty, but but they make it happen, especially in front of the home fans. I think they're, what, 8-3 and three at home at this point? Um, so, you know, as a, as a paying fan, going into the season knowing it's going to be a rebuild, the fact that I'm seeing wins more often than not, Man, I can't complain about that. Yeah, and you know, one thing to, to talk about too is how these new guys are making a difference. Um, and it, it's it's great to see they struggled last year with kind of the same old same old lineup, and Yarma made a lot of changes. And yeah, you can talk about the draft picks and and the the futures that we have. And uh, but you talk about guys like Boquist and Bean um, and Sillinger and and Chinikov. These guys have made a huge difference. Yeah, you know, Boquist scores two goals last night, or you know, the other night against uh, St. Louis. Yeah. Saturday night. And uh, I mean, he's been great. I've noticed his skating. His skating is phenomenal. He's just as good, if not better than Wierenski at skating. Um, Mm -hmm. Obviously Wierenski has got that vision, um, but he's a great pickup. Bean has been solid. Sillinger, um, you know, 
Portsline talked about it in his athletic Sunday gathering about how this team just isn't going to send Sillinger to the world no. world juniors. It's just not going to happen. He was, if, if he's not still a, a you know half a point per game player, um, and 18 years old, he's the youngest kid in the league. Um, he's been phenomenal. And Chinikov, he doesn't have the points to to back it up like like Sillinger does, um, but he's not doing anything wrong on the ice. He's solid. So this has been a this has been a fun team to watch, like you said. Um, they're maybe punching above their weight, and I know some people would disagree with me, but I don't think they're punching too far above their weight. Not as much as some some people certainly think they are. Yeah, I, I think the results are are pretty accurate in terms of they're doing what they need to do to stay in games, you know. And I think sometimes they are winning close games, but then when they lose, they're losing badly, and that kind of skews the stats a little bit. Um, like in the St. Louis game, for example, which they were is really good first period, and then St. Louis controlled the second two. And uh, you know, yeah, Chitikov ha- had in that game a, a pretty bad turnover that led to a goal, and that has been an issue with him. Sometimes maybe trying to do too much with the puck, and it leads to turnovers. Um, so there's been goals scored against while he's been on the ice. I hope that the team doesn't overreact to that. And that, that it doesn't cost him minutes or even get some scratched again. Um, because I think, again, that shot is just so much of a weapon. And while he doesn't have those points, the way that he's playing, they're coming. And I, I really thought that, that finally scoring a goal would set off a hot streak for him, that he'd score goals in bunches. I still think something like that is coming for him if they give him that opportunity. Um, as for the defenseman that you talked about, Coming into the season, I had higher expectations from Boquist based on him being you know, a higher draft pick, based on being him being the centerpiece of such a major trade. But through preseason and the, early, and the start of the season, Jake Bean was the one who stood out more to me. I felt like I was seeing more positives from him. And obviously, he earned that spot on the top pair playing with Rorensky um, and looked really comfortable there. Again, not a, not a perfect player, still a work in progress you know, better offensively than defensively. But I think you see the progress being made mm-hmm. with him. Um, and I think he's generally a positive impact on the ice. Mm-hmm. Um, Boquist was a little bit invisible, which wasn't necessarily bad. You know, he wasn't making mistakes. He just wasn't making as many positive contributions. And then he missed time for illness. But it's since he's been back from the illness that it's been, he's been like a different player. And he's been a much mm-hmm. different player. And now finally it's looking like he's getting a shot to – play on that top pair with Wierenski. So he scored a goal in that Detroit game. It was a really good goal. It mm-hmm. was often, you know, Chitikov shot. Then Bokus was right there to get the rebound. Bokus had also, I think, led the entry into the zone. Um, and it was a tough shot too. It was a very like tight angle deflection, kind of chipped it over the shoulder of the goalie. Okay, he's just, he's such a highly skilled offensive player. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, he got those, those two goals against St. Louis. One was a power play goal. They've got him basically playing on the, the line A spot until line A gets back. Mm-hmm. And he's got the shot for it for sure. Um, so he was the, he was one of the few positives of, of that St. Louis game. So it's nice to see, you know, he maybe it took him a little bit longer to get comfortable here. But now that he is, um, it's really exciting to see. And I think, yeah, he still has a very high ceiling. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. 
With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. As we said, there's a game on Tuesday night in Nashville. That's the first of four games this week. Uh, After that, the Jackets continue their road trip going to Dallas on Thursday. On Saturday, they are in Washington. And then they come back to Columbus on Sunday for an early evening game against the San Jose Sharks. So, Dale, what record do you expect from the Jackets over these four games? It's an interesting stretch here. You have a team like Nashville that the expectations weren't high going into the season. They're not blowing any doors off, but they're still a dangerous team. I like to say that Matt Duchesne is taking on a team that he, he's been playing recently mm-hmm. because he's just been a monster this year. Uh, he's got 13 goals, 22 points in 21 games. Playing at wing, I should note, not center, which is interesting. But yeah, he's having a great season finally for them. That's a really good point. Um, Grandland's 21 points. Yossi is, is 20 points. So they got three guys playing at a point per game right now. Um, you know, but... They're still not playing that well. They're a 500 team. Dallas, too, has, has been up and down. Washington is your one game that, um, you know, is going to be a tough game. And then San Jose is not good. So if you come out, you know, 500 out of these games, that would be good. Um, I would expect a little bit higher if they're going to still continue to play at the clip they've been, they've been playing at. So, um, you know, maybe five points or, or six points, you know, would be expected out of this run. What do you think, PD? Yeah, I would agree with that. I'm thinking... I would want to take at least two wins out of the Nashville, Detroit, and San Jose games because mm-hmm. those are teams that I feel like they're sort of our peers this year. You know, they're all within two to four points of us if, when you look at the standings tonight as we're recording. So I feel like those are games that they're not ones that we should obviously win and they're not ones that we wouldn't be expected to win. These are games where the team should be pretty evenly matched. And so I want to see how the Jackets react to that kind of matchup how do they prepare for it how do they come out with it these are teams that i think if if they're down they can battle back against i think these are also teams that if they get up early they can hold that lead against perhaps so that's kind of what i want to see can the jackets meet expectations in those games then with washington this is our last metro game of the calendar year uh, which just the schedule's been really weird we're only playing seven division games in the first three months of the season I, i don't understand that. Um, the Capitals are having a tremendous year. They're one of the top teams in the league. Ovechkin is 
playing at a ridiculous rate. I saw a stat where or a chart that showed he is off to the best scoring start of his career, like through this many games, which is at his age, many games he's played that this is the best start he's had is ridiculous. Now it's looking like, Oh yeah, it's very possible that he could match Gretzky. And I hope he does. I'm really rooting for that to happen because he's just a tremendous player. I've always enjoyed watching him play, but when the Capitals came to Columbus a few weeks ago, Jackets played him really close. That was a that was a basically a toss up game. We probably should have gotten a point in that game. Gave up a late goal. It's probably a pretty soft one for Corpus Allo to give up. Um, you know, if we have Elvis in net for that game, I'm I'm curious to see if maybe mm-hmm. we can get a different result. I love to because it's a division game, and it's a road division game. If we can get a point, that's a huge win. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you know, taking all that into consideration, if we can get, you know, five points out of these four games, given who we're playing, given that three of these games are on the road, I'll, I'll take that. I'm really interested to see what Larson does as far as the goalies go, because Corpus Allo has not just been um, below average to start the season. He's been bad. Yeah. Um, he's below average for a backup, um, you know, let alone, a, a you know, a potential starter in the league. Um, he is currently the fourth worst goalie in the league as, as far as goals saved above, above expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he's our, he's our second guy right now. Um, if you look at the schedule kind of going forward for December, it's really favorable for giving Elvis a ton of starts. Yeah. Um, there's only two back-to-backs. There's that Washington San Jose. Um, and then they don't have another back-to-back until after Christmas. Um, so, you know, I would, I would expect to see Elvis be the guy going forward, you know, maybe Corpus Allo starts some of these games against the the teams that are, you know, in the bottom, bottom seven or eight of the league. Um, but beyond that, I think Elvis has, has got to be the guy going forward. Yeah. You know, you've got a three and four there. And so you got to figure Corpus Allo has to start one of those games. Do you want to start him maybe on the front end of the back to back, but then you're also playing him against the best opponent and that's maybe not giving you the best chance to win. And I think you should, Air on the side of playing Elvis in division games going forward because those games are so important. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, then if you play Elvis at home against, I mean, play Corpy at home against San Jose, that's a situation like having him in the second leg of the back to back against St. Louis, where he wasn't enough to bail out maybe tired skaters in front of him. But would he do better in front of the home crowd? Meanwhile, it seems like the team has been trying to give Elvis as many home starts as possible because Elvis really feeds off the home crowd, but maybe Corpy could feed off the home crowd too. Cause I think it's really important to get Corpy back on track one, because you want to have a solid backup to keep things going and not blow your momentum. And two, because we want to increase his trade value because he's not part of the future. So we should look to trade him while we can this season uh, and get something for him before he leaves in free agency. And the way he's playing now, he's not going to get, get us a lot in, in return. No, the way he's playing right now, he'll be in the AHL next season. Oof. And, that, you know, and that's a shame because I feel like... absolutely. I feel like he is a better goalie than that. I feel like he's the guy that should be a starting goalie on a bad team. And they wouldn't necessarily be bad because of him. It's just that that's a team that could afford to give him those starts. He is a guy that I think... He needs to be playing a lot more than he is, but you know we're not a team that can afford to play him that much at the moment because 
we've got a better goalie that deserves more starts and we're a team that's in a playoff spot at this point. I don't expect that to last, but while it is, we have to do what we can to keep winning games. But Corpy just, he needs more regular starts to stay fresh, to stay sharp. And we're just not able to give those to him at this point. And even if it was just a straight 1A, 1B situation, I don't think that's great for him. He's a guy that needs the bulk of starts in a week. But I think we've also, we saw last season that he's a goalie that doesn't have the stamina to be a, a workhorse goalie. When he has to play all the time, there's diminishing returns. We saw that in the bubble playoff against Tampa. You know, we really needed Elvis healthy in that series to be able to sub him in to give Corpy a break because he just ran out of gas. Yeah, here's here's to him figuring it out and, and getting better because, you know, not only will this team benefit, but um, he's he's been a great guy for this club. You know, the, the team mm-hmm. seems to like him. He's, um, you know, as, as, as Torts or, or any, I guess, NHL goalie would say he's paid his, or coach would say he's paid his dues, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, all the best to, to luck to, to him going forward. And, um, you know, we all really do hope that he figures it out. Absolutely. Yeah, he's he's been a great teammate and, you know, he – was a backup for many years behind Bob. He had his chance to be a starter there for, you know, a couple of seasons or, you know, sharing time with Elvis. And, you know, now Elvis has passed him by and Elvis has the contract extension. Elvis is the starting guy. Elvis is the fan favorite and Corpy has to be second banana again. And that's got to be really hard. And yet he hasn't complained about it, at least not publicly. He's, he's always done what's best for the team. Um, and so that's why I feel like, I want to see him get a chance to thrive elsewhere mm-hmm. because I think he really deserves that as a player and just as a person. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of the goalie situation, it's great to see the team leaning into Elvis Mers Lincoln's. Yes. Um, the crowd loves him. The love affair for this guy is, is in full force in Columbus. They're putting his name in lights when he's a star, um, you know, like a Vegas, like a Vegas. Yeah, sign. I thought that's really cool. And he just feeds off that energy. You know, they're putting him out there for the interviews at the end of the games in, you know, on TV and in the arena. He's just a fabulous interview. He's just a great, phenomenal person. And I know the the, uh, the Cannon team is always talking behind the scenes about all the, the, <laughs> the way he dresses and the things he says. And, and we all love him very, very much. And um, it's great to see the team leaning into it after rumors over the past year that they didn't like um, his flashiness, but it uh, looks like they've finally given in. And I think it's paying off on the ice too. Yeah. He's, and he's definitely a guy that is easy for the fans to get behind and root for. He's a great personality, uh, super entertaining. Uh, have you had a chance yet to see his Myers Jewelers commercial? <laughs> I, you know, that is one big downside to being outside of Columbus. I have not seen it yet. And they didn't play it in the arena when I was there against ah, the Jets. All right. Hopefully that gets posted online at some point <laughs> because it is, it is corny in the best way. And <laughs> it is just, it's so perfect. And of all the players on the team, he is absolutely the one who should be advertising for a jewelry store. Um, so it's, it's great. Uh, I hope I can find that sometime and share it for you because it is, it is really tremendous. Um, all right, so we're almost out of time, but one last topic to cover. Coming out of the Thanksgiving week, uh, first of all, I love the Thanksgiving holiday. I mean, I'm a Christmas guy, but Thanksgiving is it's so much more low pressure. It's just about making great food, sharing it with people you love, whether it's friends or family, whatever. So what was the best thing you ate last week? 
Oh man, the best thing I ate last week. You caught me off guard at this PD. Um, I'm a big dessert guy. Okay. Um, I have a I have a terrible sweet tooth. Um, my mom made these fantastic little pumpkin pie tarts um, that were just out of this world. Um, we had some great food. Our leftovers were great. We made some yep. some turkey chili um, the next day, and um, it was just fabulous all around. And Getting to do two Thanksgiving meals is always great. Um, so that's fun, too. Uh, both my and my wife's families are, are in Columbus. So we got to do that. Um, and I agree. It's a fabulous holiday. Um, it's one of my favorites for sure. Um, the football on Thursday was great. You're not going to agree with me, but the football on Saturday was great. Um, not the re- not necessarily the results, but the quality, I thought, yeah, 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 that's was, fair. was phenomenal. <laughs> Um, you know, so I, I feel for, for all you Buckeye fans listening out there, um, you know, that's a tough loss, but just, just a fantastic weekend overall. Yeah, I agree. I, I got to go out of town and visit my sister. Um, hadn't been to her place in a couple of years and, uh, it was nice to just take some time off work too, which I was well past due for, uh, it was very relaxing and we made some great food. Um, she, my sister, uh, spatchcock to turkey and brined it for 36 hours in mm. buttermilk and herbs. So it came out super tender. It was great. And then I made these sour cream and chive dinner rolls. It was kind of made with like an enriched milk dough recipe. So they were very moist and pillowy. And for leftovers, we made turkey sliders out of them, mm. which were tremendous. So <laughs> I, I was very happy and proud of myself for for pulling off that recipe. So that, that was, those are the best things that, that I ate. And yeah, the pie, pie is always great. My favorite thing to do is if there are multiple kinds of pies that I like, that I take like a little, like half slice of each and make kind of a Franken slice. of pie. <laughs> and of course, you know, tons of whipped cream on top. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. We are as always thankful to our listeners for tuning in every week. And for those of you who read the site, jacketscannon.com, we appreciate it. So thank you very much, and we will see you next week. For more content from the Canon, go to jacketscannon.com. You can also follow the Canon on Facebook and on Twitter at CBJCanon. If you like this podcast, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And be sure to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Perley and Howlin' Moons. Go to AngelaPerley.com for more music and show dates.